When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are off and rolling on a Friday. Happy Friday to you and yours. Hope you've got a fantastic weekend lined up. Kind of a quiet one for me. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. And a great show lined up as well as Tennessee hires a new assistant coach. The philosophy of hiring from within. Fred White will join us, former Tennessee safety and uh, all-around great guy. And uh, we'll continue to uh, dive into the weekend as Tennessee Hoops will uh, take the court uh, this weekend as well. So a lot going on as you want to check out offthehooksports.com for some of the latest news. And we like to think original perspectives as well. So uh, certainly check it out. Hit that like button. That helps get to more Viewers and listeners, we greatly appreciate that. The new app is coming out as well next week. So uh, for those people that post podcast to Apple that take forever to do it, we're just going to bypass that whole good stuff. So click like and brings more people in. We greatly appreciate that. And then uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Most of you have. Still, if you do the analytics, about 80% of the people have it. So subscribe so we show up on your channel because we'll have Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays, John Adams, all kinds of good stuff coming up at different times of the day. But we're with you at 10 o'clock 
Eastern each and every weekday. Caleb, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm okay. You know, my Grizzlies are on a massive skid after that scuffle they had with Shannon Sharp two weeks ago and uh, lost another one last night to Cleveland. So it's, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> that was the dumbest, most orchestrated thing that I'd ever seen, the Shannon Sharp thing. I thought clearly he was out there to get attention. That, that should have made Skip Bayless uh, blush. Um, I, I just, <laughs> that to me was. Uh, Lowest common denominator right there, in, in my opinion. Portions of the program brought to you by Andy Mason Real Estate. AndyMasonRealEstate.com for a gentleman that in his office has over 40 years of experience in Knoxville. Don't find yourself in a position that costs you $1,000, $2,000, $10,000. Go with Andy Mason Real Estate. Best prices and best service in the absolute Knoxville area. You will love it. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. All right, let's get to it right now. So in this day and age where you go out and you hire analysts from outside of your program, and Nick Saban is the most noteworthy of this, and you get different input from different people in in the college football world. Lane Kiffin is one. Butch Jones is one. I could go on and on and on. Those are just the ones with Tennessee ties. So you get more input from all these different coaches. And ultimately, what does that give you? Maybe a complete change in the course of action, as Lane Kiffin did at Alabama, but maybe just a little bit of insight or somebody to make fun of, like Butch Jones at Alabama. But as for Josh Heupel, he chooses not to go this route. He chooses not to bring a lot of outside people in. And it's more along the lines of guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that know his system. And that was the latest with Alec Ablin, who will take over the tight end duties. And already a couple of tweets that we've seen by uh, Cooper Mays, uh, who joins us, and Jacob Warren. Cooper Mays just recently retweeted, stud. So the guy's barely old enough to rent a car. He's 27 years old, and he suddenly has a great position on an up-and-coming staff. Let me start with this before we talk about Ablin specifically. Is Tennessee doing the right thing? by hiring from within and growing analysts that actually in this case was a former player back at Missouri and an assistant coach, a grad assistant, I should say, uh, at Central Florida with Josh Heupel. Is this the right approach by Josh Heupel? What say you, Caleb? You know, it's hard for me to say. Um, This is the second analyst he's promoted because last year he promoted Kelsey Pope to replace Cody Burns. That was his first promotion. Kelsey Pope became wide receivers coach. That made sense. I think wide receiver is a position where you are doing a good bit of coaching, um, particularly Kelsey Pope developed Cedric Tillman. Okay. Tight ends coach. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the right move across the board, because I feel like there are some positions where you just need to find a recruiter. And we know that the only concern surrounding Josh Heupel going forward at this point is if he's going to be able to continue to recruit at a high level. I thought tight ends coach, this was a good opportunity for him to find somebody on a national level. That was just a historic, proven recruiter to come in and help recruit for Tennessee. Because again, you're coaching tight ends. There's not really much to what you're doing at that point. Um, that That's one side of the thought. But on the other side, I mean, I have to say, Josh Heupel has been doing this for 
five years now since he's taken over at UCF. He, except for a couple of times, I think he brought in Alex Golish from somewhere else when he was at UCF. But he firmly believes in his system and what he's doing. He knows the offense is his offense. So for him, it seems like continuity matters more than anything else. And since all of his promotions have been on the offensive side of the ball and then not the defensive side of the ball, why not promote from within? Why not give other people chances to grow and develop? And honestly, I think that somewhat, if you're going to be successful, helps your own coaching tree, which, you know, I don't think it can be understated that coaches that have a spread out coaching tree have a good bit to sell too on the recruiting trail. If, if you want to bring that in. I'll tell you why not. And I'm not knocking the hire at all. I think at this point, it's kind of like in Saban you trust. With what Josh Heupel has done, it's in Heupel you trust. Because until something goes awry, I would give complete faith to whatever he says. So with Ablin, the the one reason you wouldn't hire him is there is no way in creation that he could have the same connections in recruiting as, let's say, a Rodney Garner, for instance, on the defensive line. I mean, just age is going to develop those type of connections in recruiting. But let me tie something else into Rodney Garner, which I'm planning on writing about uh, today. I've I've been told that obviously Rodney Garner, I'm not knocking his defensive line expertise, but he is known for being a recruiter first and foremost, right? Right. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he was the guy who went to church with some prospects' families back in the day, and yeah, he's hardcore about that, and he, he is a recruiter, and he is a good defensive line. He's a great recruiter and a good defensive line coach. So I've been told that they're they're talking to Robert Ayers, who was coaching at Oak Ridge, about possibly bringing him as one of these analyst roles. And I think there's a lot of potential for that. Ayers doesn't necessarily need the money. He could You can't work with guys on the field specifically, but can he help in terms of fundamentals and pass rush and, and that sort of thing from a defensive end position? Goodness gracious, he was in the NFL – for so long, I would have trouble believing that he couldn't pass along a ton of knowledge. So I, I, I that's my only concern. Your full-time guy typically would be your guy that's out on the recruiting trail. Again, in Hypo, you trust, okay? I'm not knocking the hire whatsoever, and I'm certainly not uh, being negative about the hire. And I think the fact that Jacob Warren and, and Cooper Mays have already retweeted and said that uh, he's a fantastic coach, uh, says a lot. And the other side of that, a great recruiter is oftentimes young and energetic. So maybe that offsets the connections that he would have in the recruiting world. But, you know, Caleb, I just think you you do have to be mindful of always in the SEC, other than the coordinators, thinking recruiting first. So maybe Hopple's done that. Maybe the youth brings that exuberance and more prospects in. It's just a wait and see thing. We're still, I mean, it seems like Josh Hopple has been the coach for five or six years, but it's just been two. I agree. I think actually three spots, coordinators, both coordinators, and I think quarterback coach. I think quarterback coach is really crucial too in terms of understanding and developing talent. I'm with you everywhere else. I mean, maybe receivers and secondary and linebackers, like there is, there's a little bit of a split, but you're right. Defensive line, wide receiver, I mean, defensive line, tight end, and definitely running backs, like more than anything running backs. That should only be recruiters at that point. And I I do think that this type of hire should be made for recruiting. But I also think that – I think this is just a philosophy of Josh Heupel's, quite honestly. And, we'll, you know, we'll have have to see how it plays out. Maybe there is a recruiting edge. Um, 
by a hiring Alec Adlin that we don't know about yet. He has been at Ole Miss. He has deep SEC ties for his young age. So that, that could help. But you're right. We'll have to see. Here's what I love about the hire. And on our message board, somebody just posted this. Travis, the chemistry is invaluable. I totally agree with that. And and I think that they, they might face a an interesting dilemma if they go away from – uh, Joe Milton, because I think he has great chemistry, but to promote somebody from within helps you in your chemistry. There is no question about that. And you wouldn't want a, a group of analysts thinking that's a dead end job. I'm going to go elsewhere because I'll never get promoted to an assistant coaching job. So it, again, it, it, it all relies on hypo shoulders. And at this point, it's just like whoever he selects a quarterback, if he sticks with Milton or he goes with uh, Nico, uh, Ablin, or somebody else, you just have to give him the benefit of the doubt based off what he has done. But as far as this group and bringing in somebody from the outside to tinker with this offense, why? I mean, why in the world would you need to bring in like Saban did with Lane Kiffin. Nick Saban knew he needed a complete overhaul of his offense because it was falling behind. And Lane Kiffin, coincidentally, got fired on the tarmac, so he had time before the next hiring cycle. So he brought him in as an analyst. He ended up getting the job uh, after he was hired as an analyst in December. He got the job in January with the coaching change at the OC spot. So... I don't know why you would need to bring anybody else. I mean, there are offenses across the country that you could point to, or defenses for that matter, and point to them and say they need outside help. Tennessee's offense is not one of those groups. No, not at all. And let's talk a little bit just for a second. I want to mention the genius of Nick Saban when he did that because Lane Kiffin wasn't running the type of offense that Nick Saban was trying to transition to, by the way. He was You're just right. an offensive mind. Saban and Kiffin worked together in the offseason to – overhaul both of their offensive philosophies funny enough and bring in that tempo scheme that they brought in you're right there's nothing there's no need to overhaul anything on Heifel's side it's um it's it's all there you might see something change on the defensive side where Heifel goes for a little more big names because Heifel's he, he doesn't really you know he stays off he doesn't really run the defense he lets the defense run itself which I think there's I think that's starting to be Dave it, it, is that more common than not among successful coaches? I mean, you know, you have the Dabo Sweeney CEO that wins national championships, but I feel like most champions are, they're a guru on one side of the ball and they have complete control on that side of the ball and all the staff. And then they hire, they look national and hire the right people to run the other side of the ball. I feel like Kirby Smart does that with Georgia. That's Kirby Smart's defense that he's running. And he lets Todd Munkin or whoever's the OC run the, run the offense. I want somebody who's great at something. And that was my biggest knock on, and you and I have differed a little bit on Derek Dooley. That was my biggest knock on Derek Dooley. I didn't know what he was great at. I, I you know, he played what, receiver in college. Um, yeah, I, I look at Nick Saban. I know what he's great at. He's good at coaching up coverages and coaching up defensive backs. I mean, the guy taught players how to get away with pass interference because they would push below the waist and they'd guide receivers. I know what Josh Heupel is great at. He is great at putting together plays and game plans that puts defensive backs in a really tough position where they have to make a decision. I know what he's great at. 
He's also good at coaching quarterbacks his way. May not be the pro or NFL way based off footwork, but he's good at coaching them his way and making it simple so that he can overcome a potential talent gap um, that he's had to do at Central Florida facing other teams that he's going to have to do for at least a year or two more at Tennessee when he's playing Alabama and Georgia. I just like somebody that is really great at one thing and is then at the top. Now, if he needs to turn over the offense or defense to somebody else, I'm fine with that. I think you're exactly right with Kirby. I think Kirby is a great defensive coach, a great defensive coordinator. I think that we could say Caleb Calhoun is the new defensive coordinator at Georgia, and they're still going to have a really good defense. Now, Saban's kind of the exception to the rule. I've been told by a coach under him that he will tear up an offensive or defensive game plan on a Thursday and have them redo it. So he's kind of both, but he started as one of the best defensive backs coach in the history of college football. And I think Josh Heupel right now looks like one of the best OCs in college football in recent history. So, yeah, just do something great first before you're a head coach. Yeah, and that's usually the formula for a national champion. Even Urban Meyer was great at offensive scheming with the spread. He always let somebody else run the defense, whether it be Charlie Strong or whoever. And then same with Steve Spurrier. He let Bob Stoops run the defense when he won the national championship. He just focused on offense. So I, I'm with you. I think you need to be – I don't. I think Dabo Swinney is the biggest exception. I don't think that's the rule. Or Ed Orgeron, for that matter. The, well, Ed Orgeron wasn't even a CEO. He was a mascot. <laughs> yeah, I mean – the, the thing with that Orgeron, I was told before that 2019 season, is he told people, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to hand everything over. And everybody was like, uh, we'll see, because the tendency is to get involved. But he didn't. And he essentially had two head coaches on his staff. He had a head coach on offense and a head coach on defense, and he recruited. And then somewhere along the way, he started dating co-eds instead. <laughs> And that's, it's funny enough, that's the problem with Jeremy Pruitt on the other end, because Jeremy Pruitt tried to, outside of the cheating, which we don't have, look, that's bad on its own, you know, not even sophisticatedly, but we know that Jeremy Pruitt was heavily involved in trying to micromanage everything, and he wasn't an offensive guy, but he had a philosophy on how he wanted the offense to be run. If he had just focused on defense, I think, look, he would have still gotten in trouble because of the cheating, but at least the wins and losses would have looked a little bit better. Yeah, well, I think when – but here's the problem with that, Caleb. I think that when you start to go down that path of of having struggles, I think your tendency is to get involved. Um, You either have to be that CEO type, which is not my favorite, the Dabo Sweeney style. It's worked, but that's not my favorite. Or you have to be very involved from the get. You can't suddenly show up and say, hey, I'm going to – monkey around with things you, you you just can't do that oh i agree you're right i, I totally agree um that was and, and that's it, it it's funny because we talked last week about former wanting to be kind of the ceo type two towards the end and, and it proved costly because there were actual legitimate skills in coaching that former had that you felt like he wasn't applying to the players as much because he was kind of taking a step back whereas if there's any if there's anything that's true about Fulmer, dude was a heck of an offensive line coach. I mean, he yes. yeah he he held that role with the Vols throughout the '80s, and I mean I've looked you know guys like Harry Galbraith and you know people like that that he just turned out into the NFL when he was coaching in the '80s, and he was a great O line coach. I I think offensive coordinator is a little bit debatable with him. I think there was just a ton of talent on those Tennessee teams. I mean, I think you and I could have called plays when you have Carl Pickens and Alvin Harper to throw the ball to. 
Yeah, and, but I'll give him credit. He did open it up as as a former offensive lineman and offensive line coach. He did open it up. So I'll give I'll give him credit for that. I thought he was a very good offensive coordinator. I don't think he was as good of an offensive coordinator as David Cutcliffe. Right. That's I don't I don't think he was as good an offensive coach as Josh Heupel. Yeah, um, I agree. Or Steve Spurrier. I mean, we're talking about a whole different level there. Vassilon and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Industrial mowers, commercial mowers. If you're restocking your fleet for your business or your landscaping company, that's where you need to go also. It's just right there in Cleveland. So it's close to Knoxville, Nashville, and Chattanooga. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Vassilon and Garden, you have got to check them out. They are fantastic fantastic and they've got the hedgers and trimmers for your own personal needs as well smoky mountain red brought up a uh, great point uh, that is why i'm curious how jimbo fisher and bobby petrino will work out what well, that's that's a great question and i don't know how that works out because you're talking about two offensive coaches that are really strong-willed and you've got pressure on them already if I had to predict right now, I'll say it's a total meltdown. I think it's going to be a total meltdown. And I thought that from the moment they hired him, uh, I just I don't see that working out. But if Jimbo is willing to turn it over, then maybe it can. Yeah, I'm with you. This does not seem like a hire that's going – this This seems like something that was forced um, on Jimbo Fisher. And I think Jimbo Fisher is hiring Bobby Petrino to, to stick a middle finger to Texas A&M for forcing him to hire an offensive coordinator – um, and people are forgetting that this Bobby Petrino is somebody who we thought he was an offensive genius for years and he came across as one to his credit, but I, I don't think he's kept up with the changing times of college football. I just don't. And the last, the last year he was at Louisville, it was a disaster. And so I don't think that this is one, there's going to be dynamics that don't work like you talked about, but two, you've got two coaches and Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino who were great offensive minds for a period from like 2003 to 2014, maybe. And I think the game has moved both. I think the game has moved past both of them, honestly. And I don't think they accept that. And so that's going to be a really interesting dynamic that I think is going to be a total disaster too. It's interesting. Do you think offenses move past both of them? Because when I think Bobby Petrino, I think of really clean pro style offense in college. That was his kind of edge when he was in his prime but based off what i hadn't thought of it that way but i tend to agree with you it sounds like you think that they're kind of stuck in five ten fifteen years ago yeah i do i think one of the biggest problems with the pro style with that people, yes they run standard pro style offenses but i don't think they give either of them gives their quarterback enough leeway to make decisions and audible on the field I think they try to micromanage every play that's called and everything. They remind me of Cam Cameron. Remember that name? Um, he was LSU's offensive coordinator under Les Miles. That's the one that got Les Miles fired. And he was Joe Flacco's offensive coordinator. And he was fired the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. They fired him because he was so micromanaging. He would not let – my understanding from some reports was he almost would never let Joe Flacco change the play at the line of scrimmage. I feel like Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino are similar in that way in that they don't really let their quarterbacks make any decisions. And we talked about how Peyton Manning changed the game a few days ago. In the post-Peyton Manning era of football, I think you have to let your quarterback at least have a couple of options to call at the line of scrimmage when they get there nowadays. 
hit like right now because in two minutes we're going to visit with Fred White, the former Tennessee safety who is fantastic. Your friends will want to see this in two minutes. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Thug Sports. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm well and Welcome back. Coming up on the program, Fred White will join us here momentarily. I want to remind you that we are brought to you in part by the official craft beer of off the hook sports zul beer xul beer go to zulbeer.com zul beer has parking downtown if you want to visit them in person but it also is worldwide award-winning craft beer you can order their merch online you'll absolutely love zul beer it is a craft beer at its finest so we talked about alec ablin being hired as uh, Tennessee's tight ends coach and the method of which Josh Heupel is promoting coaches uh, from within. At some point, I would think that when you look at the defensive staff, if Tim Banks at any point gets a, a job elsewhere, and let's be honest, he has an incredibly tough job, Caleb, with, with that offense and what they do he has an he has to be ready for his defense to play many more snaps than he would prefer and that's that's a challenge and there are a lot of defensive coaches that would look at the Tennessee job at the coordinator position and think to themselves i would rather have about 100 other jobs than the dc job at tennessee so caleb i would think at some point they will have to go outside the family but offensively i have no reason to think they'll have to go outside the family anytime soon because Joey Halsley is a, a young guy and I, I think he's going to have to prove himself and, and probably always going to be asked um, if if this is Josh Heupel's offense, which it is, not Alex Golish's or Joey Halsley. So I don't think they'll have to make any significant changes on uh, the offensive staff. Fred White joins us now. I love this guy. Fred is your man to call. Look, he's got the orange on already. He's rocking it. Hey, man, in, on Fridays, I wear orange. <laughs> <laughs> Every as, Friday. As clear as day. Every Friday, I wear orange. You look snazzy, too. Is that like a <laughs> collared shirt and everything? Yeah, I got this at the Josh Dobbs golf tournament a few years ago. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I went out uh, in Atlanta one time with Fred, and I quickly realized that I, I wasn't as uh, suave as Fred. He, <laughs> he was all he was all dressed up, and here I am in my reporter gear, looking like a slob. Um, I've called Fred for your insurance needs. Uh, Allstate, it's fantastic. How do people get in touch with you, Fred? Well, they can reach out to us by. Email, which is Fred, Frederick White. <laughs> Let me say this again. Frederick White, Allstate.com. My mom made me use my whole name, by the way. Yeah, I still listen to my mom at 40-something years old. Um, you can also give us a call 
at 770-381-0367. Again, that is 770-381-0367. Or you can call me personally and uh, don't everybody call at once. Yeah. 865-765-1998. And that part right there was intentional. What? Yeah, 1998. What could that possibly be? <laughs> it I, means never forget. Yeah, That's what I, it means. <laughs> no idea. We've got all kinds of things that Fred and I are planning uh, for the Celebrate 98 uh, feature that we're going to put together. Uh, it's I can't believe it's been 25 years. I still remember hugging Steve Johnson, who was a broadcasting major, and he just ran up and hugged me after the Florida game. And because he knew me, and I think he was hugging anybody he bumped into. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, with my little reporter's notebook here. Just I was uh, just first year out of college, but I can't believe it's been 25 years. Fred doesn't age at all. I do. Um, Fred, I was curious what you what you think about Tennessee deciding to promote from within twice in Joey Hall's lead to the offensive coordinator position. They did it last year with, uh, or two years ago, was it? With uh, Kelsey. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with Kelsey. And now they've done it with Alec Ablin. And I'm just curious what you you think about that trend. You know, I mean, that's how it used to be. That's how when you were at UT, most of the time those big-name positions were hired from within. Um, that's how Coach Foreman got his position, and we'll leave it kind of at that. But <laughs> that's kind of how, you know, Coach Cutcliffe got his position. That's how Coach Chavis got his position. And usually, you know, when you have that, that lets you know you have continuity, you have some good talent on your on your staff. And with this position, I think it's Josh Hypo's offense anyway. No disrespect to the – to the head to the coach that became a head coach. Um, oh. But it's I really truly believe it's his offense. Um, so you're gonna run what he you may add your own wrinkles to it. And every coach has like a a job to do within every offense. I mean it may be a run game coordinator or a passing game coordinator or whether that you know whatever those things are. But I think with this position higher, nothing's changing. The terminology is the same. Most of the concepts are going to be the same. So I think it's a good thing that we have a person who already understands the offense and not someone who wants to come in and kind of mess that up, you know? Yeah, kind of like Dave Carson. Um, oh, don't even mention the name. Yeah. Uh, that That's their things every time you say it. Yeah. It's and kind of like saying Falcons 28, the <laughs> Patriots 3. It's same feeling. <laughs> Hey, uh, along those lines, I don't want to get sidetracked. I know people want to hear about uh, your thoughts on, on Tennessee football, but when did you know that you wanted to retire? Because you played, what, five, six years in the NFL? No, I didn't play that long. I wish I had, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I'd be pulling that pitching right now. <laughs> but uh, I got two years as on practice squad, so that's that was my extent to – Playing in the NFL, but I did play in the XFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I played in arena football also. Okay, so w- when did you decide? Like uh, you know, Tom Brady hung it up. When, when when did you decide that? Man, this is hard on my body. This is uh, kind of not worth it. What, what was that thought process like? I think I was about six years out, and I was still working out. And I remember I went to a workout. I got a chance to go to an open workout for um, for a team for the Panthers. And I just remember 
after running my 40, I look at everyone else's 40 time and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it might be about that time. <laughs> I mean, I knew more of the game than they did, but I realized that why they, why you have a draft every year. I mean, it was about six years in. Um, I was still trying because it was my dream. However, at some point, the game leaves everyone. Now, Tom Brady made it look real easy. It is not that easy, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, he is an, an anomaly. Guys who played longer than three years are an anomaly most of the time, let alone 10. 23? Hey, man, that's the Michael Jordan number. Yeah, I, the Illuminati number. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. I, I don't understand how you – Listen, man, I hurt just getting out of the bed every, you know, some mornings from just nothing. I can't imagine what he felt like every morning getting out. But, I, you know, he kept himself in top shape. Yeah, he's, he's been playing longer than I personally knew Fred and have had kids. Think about that for a second. Yeah. He came out the same year. We're the same age. We're literally the same age. We came out the same year. Yeah. Uh, Fred. Class ninety five. Oh, I think uh, Caleb froze up. We still got you. Yep, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what happened to Caleb, but it is a funny look on his face. Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, sorry. sorry. He looked surprised sorry. when he came back too. Guys, <laughs> my Wi-Fi went out for one second. Oh, it went out again. That was that, that was point. hilarious. Oh my god, yeah. Wi-Fi went out for one second. And it always gets me with the dumbest look on my face. <laughs> I hope somebody caught a screen capture of that. Well, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you're, you're right. The, when he got froze and when he came back. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Great fighting. Yeah. I was going to say that you, you, your first year was obviously with the 95 class. And that was also, John, speaking of promoting from within, that was John Chavis's first year as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you weren't there the year before with Larry Marmy, but what did you notice about from some of the older players about some of the – did they ever talk about any changes that made things difficult from Marmy to John Chavis, or was it just easy for – did it seem like an easy transition for them? Well, you know, I, I was recruited by Marmy and also uh, Lovey Smith. So they, they recruited me from the time I was in the 10th grade through, you know, through high school, um, I didn't really see a difference because that's all I knew, right? Coming in, that's all I knew was John Tavis's defense in your face. We're blitzing. We're gonna play man to man. Hope you can cover, and you better be able to come down and hit the hit and you know make tackles. Those type of things as a safety or a corner. Um, Lagmar, me and those guys, I think they still had the same kind of style, but. I understood that they played a little bit more zone. That's all I know that's the difference between those two. Um, from what I've heard from the guys. Now, they, they were lenient. They were, you know, cool guys. They Most of the guys that played for them love them. So, I mean, they convinced me to come visit UT. And eventually, you know, committing to them in December um, of that 94 season. And then I think... Lovey Smith left right before signing day. And he told me, so, you know, you picked a good school. Don't, you know, you don't have to follow me. And he went to Ohio State. Well, he was only there for a year. 
And I wasn't going to follow him to Ohio State because of one reason. My cousin was on the team at Ohio State, and i never forget. He said, I asked him, I said, hey, man, I'm coming to visit. I went on my visit, and it was snow everywhere. Everywhere. I asked my cousin, I said, hey, man, do you still have to go to school when it's snow? He was like, oh, that, it stops nothing up here. <laughs> he was like, if you come to school here, just know I won't be here when you get here. I said, what do you mean, sir? I'm transferring. I'm going back south. <laughs> oh. And sure enough, he did. I saw him at the bowl game we played against uh, Ohio State in the Citrus Bowl. And I saw him, and he was like, yep, this is my last game with <laughs> Ohio State. I'm, I'm not even going back after the bowl game. And he didn't. Well, no, and um, Fred and I, back in the day, did a radio show in the snow where a client didn't want to let us slide. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Uh, that me, was crazy. Me, him, and Mike Strange in the snow. That was oh, man. Not, not, not the best. Um, I think the, the game we were, we were covering also was like the national championship week. I want to say when Ohio State and Michigan were going to play. Well, it may have been the Ohio State-Michigan game. It was coming up to it to see who would win and go to the championship game, I want to say. I'll never forget that because it was a year that they both were ranked like in the top five or something. Oh. And that was back when uh, ESPN uh, overhyped them. Let, let me ask you this: as, as a defensive player, we were talking about. See, back when they still overhype them. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you about playing defense for Tennessee right now because they run eighty plus plays on offense, and that that's the way this entire program is built. How challenging that is that? for defensive players and defensive coaches to be out there that much? It's tough because you want to get three and outs as much as you possibly can. And it makes you be very fundamentally sound. You make any mistakes, you know it could be a touchdown. Or you make any mistakes, you know the chains are moving. Um, That speed brings chaos, you know what I mean? And chaos is not good when you – if you can sit back and just – methodically go through a football game and you know that you know they're gonna take this much time off the clock every time you kind of get a chance to read your keys easier. It's not harder to read your keys when they're moving so fast. And people make mistakes when they're tired. When you're tired, two things happen. You get injured, you make mistakes. So that fast pace, if you know what you're doing on offense and every offensive guy knows exactly where he's going. So it makes a difference in how fast we play. I mean it makes you be on your P's and Q's as a defense. And if you add into that a quarterback that can run, game's over. I mean, it's a different ball game at that point. Fred, um, you know, this week was National Signing Day, obviously. Um, we mm-hmm. talked a lot of recruiting. And you were part of the era of Tennessee football where if you didn't get a top 10 class, it was a massive WTH. And I, but the, <laughs> the funny thing to me, was like the peak run for Tennessee in recruiting was like 93 to 97. And you were part of the class 95 that was ranked the lowest of those five classes, but was also the most productive in terms of wins and losses. If you look at the four, if you look at a four year stretch of any senior class, what stood out to you about your class with what just seemed to be so many overachievers. And I know you don't like that word and I'm not talking about you. (laughs) And, and, um, and but but it's but I would what, what I I wouldn't say overachievers in this. Un, it seems like overlooked players that were not recruited as highly. But 
I mean, again, that was by far the most successful class in Tennessee football history if you look at recruiting. You know, our class would have been a lot higher had a few guys made um, made it into school. Dante Hickey from Cleveland, Tennessee, was one of the top players in the country. He didn't sign in. He signed with us but didn't make it. Um, a guy, um, a Henderson, EJ, I can't remember his name, Henderson down. He was from uh, somewhere near where Chad Clifton is. He's from. He's one of the top linebackers in the country. He didn't make it. There's about three or four guys that, that Corey um, Ivy ended up going to um, West Virginia. He was another guy. He didn't make it. That would have added to our class and made our class a little bit more appealing for us a number ago. But when it comes to pure talent and football players, that class – I think we had a we, without that class, you don't win a national championship. I know that much for sure. Um, Billy Ratliff, Al Wilson, um, let's see here, Chad Clifton, those group, Spencer Riley. I mean, we had a group of guys that came in and played some football. Peerless Price. So we came in and we got the job done. I feel like we were the group that, after Peyton's class, and uh, with Terry Fair and those guys. That 95 class, we came in and we were taught how to play football the right way. But we also led from that point forward. Um, so I, I look at that class and say every class had talent. Numbers-wise, they were ranked a little higher. But production, we got it done. What, was C.J. Henderson the guy who ended up in Maryland? I don't know. I don't think he actually – Chad Henderson was his name. Chad that was his name, okay. Chad Henderson. And also, Brian Darden was the number one running back in the country, and he didn't come in in that class because he had to go to Fork, was it Fork Union or something like that. So our class missed a few players out of it, which meant if we have all those guys in our signing class, we're top five recruiting class. We're top two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even know what number we were. Well, Darden got there, but was kind of a complete dud when he got there. <laughs> I won't say he was a dud. He came to a team that was stacked. Okay. I mean, you got to think about something. You walk into a group that you have a Jay Graham who just came out for a 1,400-yard rushing, you know, season. Um, then you get – well, I'll take that back. That was Jay's first year starting. But then you get Brian Darden that was coming in in 95, and he goes to, uh, goes to a, a prep school. When he comes there, Jay just came out 1,400 yards. And then the next year you bring in Jamal Lewis, Travis Henry, Travis Stevens. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you just kind of got stuck, lost in the shuffle. Uh, Dominique Stevenson was a running back coming out of high school also, and also Chris Ramzua. We, we signed five running backs out of top 25 in that class. So he kind of came that spring, and then all these superstar football players walked through the door, played the same position. So I don't I don't look at Brian and say he was a dud. He just got here the wrong time. You know what I mean? He got here the wrong time. You know, there's a lot of truth to that. And nowadays you get stuck or you don't get stuck at a school like you used to. I mean, yeah. You I mean I still remember the thing, the most infuriating thing to me, and I've thought all along that players should get a piece of the pie in NIL and transfer, but I but I understood. And I thought they should be able to transfer. But I understood the argument against it, okay? The one thing that always infuriated me is that if a school didn't release you to another school, you had to pay your own way. You had to pay your tuition 
at mm-hmm. another school. So we're going to take an amateur athlete and give him a financial penalty for leaving. Mm-hmm. That doesn't job, Fred. That used to just always gripe me. Yeah, it, it still does. And it, if Brian Darden had transferred to another school in the SEC, he would have played a lot. That's being honest. He was an athlete. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. And he had speed. However, he just didn't fit. He didn't fit our style of offense, how we ran it back then. We put full back in front of you. It was just Jamal Lewis was better suited for that. So was Travis Henry. And they were just so good that, hey, man, it kind of pushed him out. But if he was in this, in this offense, you would take a Brian Darton. The way they throw the ball in open lanes, he, he could line up and match up with a linebacker and easily make some things happen. I think he was one of a great athlete, still is a good athlete. So I won't I'll never say anything bad about my teammates when it comes to how they played and what I thought about them as a player, unless I thought they were horrible. And I'll tell you that too. But <laughs> I think Brian Dow was a good athlete. He just got he was at the UT at the wrong time. Had he came in in ninety five and had a year up on those other guys, I think it may have worked out a little bit different. But him coming in ninety six and they came in the spring of 97. It it just changed everything for them. Fred, we had a couple of questions on the message board. I know Caleb wants to work something else in too. But uh, on the message board, talking about how many reviews would you have gotten? And this is something that's changed in football. And you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought you were incredibly clean, hard-hitting safety. So I don't know that you would have gotten a lot. But I just want your thoughts. He <laughs> <laughs> last, would you? I probably I might have got kicked out of a few games. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of that evolution of football? It's been so long. I mean, long. <laughs> I mean, I I would have had to have changed my game some. I mean, my I'm being honest when I say this, and I ain't trying to. You know, I'm being real. My sole purpose of tackling you was not just to make the tackle. Sometimes. I mean, I my my perfect tackle was to see your soul leave your body, and that was literally how I wanted to play the game. I know that's not what you want to say in this politically correct era and those type of things. Yeah, you want about to die on the field. I really want to knock you out. I don't, I didn't want you to. I want your arm to be still in the air when you lay hit the ground. Yeah, uh huh. That's what I wanted. I mean, we wanted the big hits. We wanted the hits that you had on uh, on John Madden. Those those were the hits everybody wanted. So. I was looking for that hit. And if you got me in the game, don't worry. I was doing everything I could to come back and get you. So the rest of the game, I'm circling like a shark just for you to make one mistake. Yowch. <laughs> I don't want to be a receiver. Caleb, go right ahead, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so sticking with the X's and O's, it's, it's funny because, you know, comparing to, you know, what Tim Binks did last year to what John Chavis did with you guys, I mean, obviously world of difference, largely just in talent. You guys just were just loaded with talent in the mid nineties on defense. Um, But I I will say one of the things I noticed is that Chavis had a lot of different blitz packages and the difference I I saw between that and what Tim Binks did, who also had blitz packages last year was Tim Blinks, Tim Binks, excuse me. I feel like had his corners play a little bit softer coverage, probably because he had to, because there were just some limitations. Whereas Chavis seemed to have these blitz packages and say, Corners, you still got to stay one-on-one and press your man all the way down the field. But which one was 
which one opened up the door more for safeties like you and Deion Grant or in last year's case, Trayvon Flowers to make big plays? You know, their styles are completely different in my opinion. If you look at how they, how they line up, how they play the outside, um, those type of things. When it comes to Chavis, we would, I mean, in our era, we would, everybody know one thing, we were blitzing. We're coming. We're going to bring more than you can block, and you better get the ball off. So it gave us an opportunity to, and with a special player, you can't just do this with any defense. It takes the players, too. I mean, I'm being honest in that. Without having to run, I play with some good safeties, and I love them all the same. But I love Deion Grant a little bit more <laughs> because he could do something that none of them could do. Like, and it, no knock on them. If you threw that ball deep, he was going to get it. And we believed that wholeheartedly, that he could go get anything that's thrown deep. He showed us that. So taking that away made us be able to play more aggressive. And Coach Chavis understood that in his defense, and it worked well for our defense because of that. Um, if you know the ball coming out fast, that means there's only so many routes you can run. The game has changed some with speed it up and those type of things, but techniques should still be the same in my opinion, right? Um, with our new defensive coordinator, I know they have the – these RPOs have changed the game. So you can't just sit in the zone or sit in the, you know, in certain um, – you can't just sit in certain uh, defenses and just say, okay, this is what we're playing. We're lining up, beat me type of thing. You got to have ways to be able to mix it up. And usually when you're playing off, that means you're zone blitzing. Usually. Because the ball's coming out fast. So you want to be able to read and react, those type of things. Or if you play in a zone, if you play in a man blitz, and I've seen us do this, we get in trouble. You can't let anybody inside. You know what I mean? So you got to find ways to do those things. And I, I look at it, and I, I think we we have a good system, but it all starts up front. I can't hamstring our new defensive coordinator. Our defensive coordinator, I can't remember his name right now. What's his name again? Jim Banks. Jim Banks. I can't hamstring him to say he's not this or that when he doesn't have what we had. When it comes to like pressure up front, we could get pressure with front four. I mean, you're looking at a first round draft pick, a second round draft pick, a guy who possibly could have been a first round draft pick and Billy Rattler if he didn't have the injuries. And then you're also looking at Corey Terry, who was a six round draft pick. I mean, you got guys on the front on the front line that were going to get it, you know. So he doesn't have the luxury of having an Al Wilson in the middle in defense either, or Raylock Thompson and Eric Westmoreland. First round draft pick and two second round draft picks. So there's a difference in, in, in what he has to work with. There's a difference in what he has he's able to call because of, you know, some of those limitations. And I'm not trying to say that some of these some of these guys are better. Just it is what it is. But that talent up front gave us the opportunity to be able to run the defenses that we ran. Getting off the ball, uh, getting to the quarterback, getting those sacks made it easy for us in the secondary, and they work hand-in-hand. When you got that good play up front, you have the same thing in the secondary because they know you know the ball is coming out fast. Going back to what you said, uh, and I know you got to run for it, but uh, going back to what you said, uh, somebody said that Ramel Keaton had the greatest catch in the history of Neyland Stadium. And I started the Twitter war, and I didn't mean to, but I just know it's Deion Grant, 98, and it ain't close. You know, against Florida, the one-handed catch, 
Travis McGriff running down the sideline. That was the greatest catch in the history of Neyland Stadium, pardon. That that is one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. I mean, he I, was, I, but I, I had to give I had to give Joey Kent some nod too. Though we played against Georgia in nineteen ninety five, and he laid out and he caught one, stretched out the same way, and that was. It wasn't as – I think Romel Keaton was in the moment – he did a moment of a game where we needed a catch. So I give him the nod on that. But as yeah. far as impact, that Deion Grant catch with one hand across the middle, the significance of it makes it the best catch ever in this stadium, in my opinion. Well, it was like slow-mo, too, because I remember – and you had to be at the stadium to be able to see the secondary – yeah. And um, if you if you were just watching on TV, you didn't see how far Dion was from that play. And I remember slow motion in my head saying, that's a touchdown. No, he might get there. Oh, my goodness, he's going to get there. Oh, he was beat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, <laughs> Derek Edmonds is my buddy. I love him to death. But D-Rock got beat. He was beat. It was If, there, if, if there's no Dion, there's touchdown. Plain and simple. It is a touchdown. The scoreboard lights up. Gotcha. All right. Great stuff as always. Again. Uh, oh, one question, not to put you on the spot, but on our message board. Um, how did you feel when Chief John Chavis called prevent when you were up by 14? Said he drove him crazy. It didn't happen that much, did it or did it? No, I really didn't. Um, here's, here's what I, I tell people all the time. When a coach calls a defense, he calls the defense that's supposed to win. It's up to you, the player, to do your job. If you don't do your job, then it's not going to look good anyway. I mean, you got four defensive linemen. You got three linebackers back in that time. And then you also had four secondary guys. Our job is to do our job, plain and simple. I don't put anything on the call. There are plenty of times when you call, call something that you is the wrong play to call. Plain and simple. And you still make it happen. And I go back to this all the time. It can't we it can't be one way without the other. Played against Arkansas when we got that ball back. Spencer Riley told the defensive line, We're going to the right. <laughs> and you can't stop us. He said that six plays in a row. And they ran it six plays in a row. I remember they that. knew what was happening and they still couldn't stop it. It's called execution. So when I don't put everything on a coach. Some things are on players. So that's how that's how I answer that. Great stuff, buddy. How do we get in touch with you for our intro or for those that are watching Georgia, their insurance needs? How do they get a hold of you? You can simply Google FredWhiteAllstate.com and um, we'll come up there. You can also give us a call at 770-381-0367. And we like I said, we We'll get you a quote on your home. We'll even give you some information. Um, we do life insurance, auto insurance, teach you about your bundles and what other discounts we have available to you. So just give us a call, and we, we're willing to help you with with your just questions. Um, I got friends down in Florida. I got friends in Tennessee, Alabama, everyone that will call and say, hey, man, I got a situation with insurance. What do you think? Um, can you give me some information on this? That's what, that's what you're supposed to do in this business anyway. It's a service business, and I'm serving. Absolutely right, and uh, Fred does a, a fantastic job, and he promises not to lay you out if you go with uh, him for your insurance needs. <laughs> but if you go with the other guy, we might call some mayhem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Fred, don't sell yourself short, by the way, because we talk about Deion Grant. 
you had a clutch play in that Florida game too. That final Florida offensive drive, you had a key sack. I remember that. They brought up second and 19. Yeah. So that was as crucial as the Deion Grant interception. It's called doing your job. <laughs> if you do your job, plays will come your way. Caleb's an encyclopedia. He knows more about games that I covered personally than I do. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what's crazy, Dave? I, <laughs> I know more about the games I lost than I do about the games I won. I can almost tell you every play from a game we lost. Time stamp, everything. Down and distance, almost to the T. But games we won, I don't remember them as much. I guess because I've, for years, thought about those games we lost and how we could have got better. You know what I mean? And I can tell you every game I've lost from the time I was literally little league football through high school, through college, and pro. I can tell you every last game I lost. Wow. And significant stuff about them. Sure, I mean, <laughs> a lot of significant stuff. Yeah. I remember the games like it were yesterday. All right. Well, just like Shaq says, if you want insurance, Google Fred White Allstate. Shaq says, Google me. Um, so you can Google Fred White Allstate <laughs> and get all of his information. And, uh, Fred, we look forward to doing this on a Fred Friday each and every Friday. So I'm, I'm really excited to be uh, reunited with you, and I'll reach out because I may be in your area this weekend. Give us a call. All right, brother. Be good. All right, man. Hey, have a good one. Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut him off. Portion. How, how many people go to box out, Dave, this week? Ja Rule, Fred White. <laughs> yeah, portions. I didn't mean to. Portions <laughs> of the program brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach England is a personal injury attorney with uh, your. Uh, needs in mind, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you the insurance company uh, in a lot of cases not thinking about that because they're representing these big corporations. Well, uh, Zach England can stand toe-to-toe with them. Zach's got your back. Zach England of Best and Brock. You can also Google Zach England of Best and Brock if you're in Chattanooga and you have personal injury attorney needs because uh, he will absolutely take care of you, I can tell you. Firsthand. Coming up, what Tennessee signees will have the biggest impact? And I think that there's a good chance that one Caleb Calhoun might surprise you. More after this, two minutes off the hook sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti's Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. 
Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do me a favor wherever you are. Please. Turn your notifications on if you're listening via podcast, uh, get Apple, Spotify, and uh, be sure and uh, download our all-new app, which will premiere next week. And uh, we, we love it when you subscribe, too, because I have no idea why this music is continuing to play, but nevertheless. Um we would love for you to subscribe as uh, well to our YouTube channel and click that like button. I love Fred, man. How good's Fred? Oh, he's great. I could talk with him for hours about that 98 team and the, those mid-90s teams. I, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, you're right. I, part, of, part of my encyclopedia that you call me is because I just do exhaustive Wikipedia research, research on, just on my downtime when I'm bored. Snow knock. Snow knock. I love you, man. I mean, you keep me straight on some games that I was actually at. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Love Fred. Um, but again, I do want to get back to turn those notifications on. Uh, if, if you're listening on a uh, podcast um, uh, stream and uh, like and subscribe, we got a lot of big things. But uh, as much as anything, for those listening, um, love for you to tell a friend over the weekend. Uh, we're growing this thing. We believe it's going to be huge and monstrous, and we're excited. Um, love Caleb being on board. Love both Caleb's, and uh, really excited about the potential. So here's kind of what our week's going to look like in the coming weeks. It's going to be 
uh, John Adams on a Tuesday, not beginning next week, but the week after. He wants to get through Valentine's Day as his favorite holiday. No, that's not true. Um, but John Adams will be on a Tuesday. Uh, Ron Slay on a Wednesday. Another special guest, it looks like, on a Thursday. And Fred White on a Friday. Stack that lineup with, with anybody right there. So we're excited and looking to expand the duration of the show. So, again, uh, be a part of the program. We want your input. Always, uh, if there's somebody you want to hear from, um, as far as former balls, as far as current balls, um, let us know on on the message board. And please uh, be sure and uh, support our sponsors as well. Uh, we would not be here without them. One, in fact, is Craft Treats. Craft Treats is just phenomenal when it comes to making your pet feel better. Craft Treats use the promo code off the hook, and with Craft Treats. Man, you can, you're, my pet, my dog, it has an issue with jumping up on the bed because of arthritis. And when we're good about the chill pills with the CBD, man, he jumps right up there. When we don't, we slip up, he struggles to get up. Uh, also great with digestive issues, uh, social anxiety, or any sort of anxiety, car ride anxiety. Go to crafttreats.com. They also have other treats. They use the promo code off the hook. Use the promo code off the hook. So, uh, signing day, uh, we got uh, Gene saying, would love to hear from Dale Jones sometime. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red saying, I was a big fan of Darwin Walker. All right, we'll work on both those. How easy is that? Uh, I think I have numbers. I do have numbers for both those guys. By the way, I was going through my phone, and I was looking for Pete Thamel, who interviewed Hendon Hooker. And I came across Pete Carroll's number. I literally have no idea why I have Pete Carroll's number. I don't remember calling him. I don't remember. Why would I have Pete Carroll's number? That is a weird one. You know, <laughs> my interesting uh, Pete Carroll story is, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have O.J. Simpson come speak to the USC team right before their national championship game in Miami in 2005? I don't know about that. That'd be weird. Um. I, I can't remember that. Do not quote me, guys. I am not saying that's true. I am not saying that's true. I don't want to get us in trouble. But I seem to remember reading a story that because OJ lived in Florida, I think at the time, uh, that he had OJ to speak to the team. I'm sorry. I just, that's my Pete Carroll memory. <laughs> uh, Travis said, call him, get him on the show. I've texted him. But I think he probably changed numbers from the USC number he had when he went to <laughs> Seattle when he bolted. Um, I'll, I'll tell you another funny one. Uh, when I covered recruiting for ESPN in the Northeast, Randy Edsel. Um, okay, yeah, let's not get sidetracked on Edsel. But I will tell you this. He he, he was, uh, you know, a guy that I would go to and ask about prospects around there. And actually, UConn was in, in a situation where they were recruiting some of the top guys. They didn't get them, but they were recruiting them. And he started, it was really weird, um, when we started streaming – show uh, about four years ago. No, it's been about, about five years ago. He would watch regularly, and it was always weird to see on Facebook that Randy Edsel would pop up and watch. I'm like, don't you have anything better to do? When um, Randy Edsel took the Maryland job in 2011, the first thing he said in the team meeting was, like, take off your hats. I'm not kidding. Like, he was that, like, old school of disciplinarian. Travis said it's probably a Pete Carroll from uh, Jiffy Lube. Well, um, I, I thought that and I'm not 
sure where it's from because the area code was in Dallas. So maybe that's not the right Pete Carroll. But I don't ever remember calling Pete Carroll, so it's probably not. Pat Ryan, uh, vote for him. I have his number, so we'll, we'll get him on soon. Uh, all right, so signing day was Wednesday, and it doesn't have all the hullabaloo that it once had. But I'm going to ask you, Caleb, right now, what signees do you think had the biggest impact in 2023? Let's roll on this thing, because I think some definitely will. What are your thoughts? Who pops to mind immediately? So this is based on a combination of talent and need, as we all know. So number five for me is Nico Imaleva. Technically, Tennessee has a transition going. At, I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you were a Milton whoa. guy. But you said Milton starting the whole season. Hold on. Hold, I, no, I I said I think that Hypo would be biased to Milton, but I think Nico will prove himself to be better straight up. All I said was if Milton has the edge or ever has the edge, keep Milton on. You're the one saying that if Milton doesn't, even even if Nico doesn't have the edge, still start him. I don't agree with that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying still start. I think it will prove itself out, and Nico will win the job by October. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying Nico Imaleva. We both mistook in each other's takes, but uh, yeah. No, I thought you were a Milton through and through. I thought you were Milton get another year of eligibility, come back in 2024 type of guy. No, 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 <laughs> no, I am not a, I am, I, I am not Caleb Milton and <laughs> uh, Joe Milton's not my uncle. Um, I have no yeah, ties. By the way, are we including transfers in this or just signees? Just signees. This is just signees. We'll have another post about transfers in the future. Um, transfers yeah. are a factor in who plays though. And get, a, get on the message board. Let's get your thoughts because we're going to write a column on this. So we would love to get your thoughts as well. So what signee do you think will be a factor? And uh, you, you might see yourself uh, attributed and off the hook sports. So um, let's go. Uh, who are your guys? Sorry to slow so, you down. It's okay. I start with Nico Imaleva because, yes, I think Milton's going to win the job initially. But it's still going to be an open quarterback competition and Nico's the highest rated recruit in the class. You're the highest rated recruit in the class going to a going to a position that at least somewhat has an open competition because it's replacing its starter from last year. You've got a good chance to win the job and start. And look, Hypo's system opens up quarterbacks, unfortunately, to get hurt at times. Hendon Hooker won the job from Joe Milton because Joe Milton got hurt against Pitt. So yeah, Nico has a great chance to, if not win the job, at least start a couple of games. Um Number four for me is Shamarad Umarov, the highest-rated offensive lineman. He is specifically an interior offensive lineman. Jerome Carvin is an underrated loss for Tennessee. Tennessee's added two transfers on the line, Andres Carrick and John Campbell, but I think they're both being looked at to fill the void Darnell right-left. And so I, I think they have some issues on the interior offensive line, and I think Umarov could fill that immediately. Do, do you have any disagreements with me on that, Dave? Um, I'm always hesitant to say alignment on either side would uh, have an immediate impact just because it's such a vast change. However, um, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue that point. I think it's a position of need, which you mentioned. I think he's highly rated and I think he's in the uh, Alpharetta Atlanta area. So he's used to a high level of competition. So I would, I would roll with that. Typically I would say, no one lineman, but I'll roll with that for sure. Okay. Um, number three, 
I'm going Jordan Matthews. There are two cornerbacks committed that were composite four stars in Tennessee's class, Jordan Matthews and Ricky Gibson the third. Now, it's funny because cornerback actually doesn't really lose anybody, and they get Warren Burrell back, and they add BYU transfer Gabe Judy Lally. So this is just solely – that's why Jordan Matthews and Ricky Gibson aren't just the top two, quite honestly, because this is solely based on how bad the cornerback play was last year. I think it was so bad that Heupel's going to be desperate and look for every newcomer to see who's going to start. And so I, I, got, I got Matthews a little bit above Ricky Gibson because I think Matthews is a little bit taller – I think that's going to help a little bit. He is more highly rated. So my my money right now is on Matthews, but that's on minimal evidence. Gibson could be the guy too, but I think one of them is going to end up winning one of the jobs. I, I think that, um, A, I'm, 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 we're going to have to agree a lot on this because we're genuine and we're not going to be Shannon Sharp and let's get Bayless and just disagree for the sake of disagreeing. But I, I'm with you on Jordan Matthews. Um, I think that Jordan Matthews uh, is – Longer, bigger, rangier. So I would say uh, Jordan Matthews plays this year and has a slight edge over Ricky Gibson based off the tape I've seen. But we'll, we'll certainly see. I also thought uh, Justin Williams Thomas would play last year. Now he's gone. All right. So let's let's roll ahead. Who else you got? All right. Number two. Uh, it's funny because we just talked about linemen. I'm going to the defensive line and I'm saying David Hobbs. There are three defensive linemen that you could really see making an impact, which is David Hobbs. Arizona State transfer Omar Norman Lott and Nathan Robinson, who had such an impact in bowl practice that Jordan Phillips entered the transfer portal. I firmly believe that. Robinson and Hobbs are probably the two most versatile ones. They're kind of that, I don't know what you call it, David. I, I guess you would say in, in Tim Bix's 4-3, a hybrid defensive lineman, the guy that can line up in the middle or as an edge rusher. And they, and, well, Charles Bumpus did a lot of that last year and he's gone now. And so... With him gone and Byron Young got, gone, I think there's going to be an, a lean for one of those versatile defensive linemen to make a push. Although um, although Nathan Robinson had a bigger imp- had the impact in bowl practice that I believe he had, David Hobbs is more highly touted. I just think there's so much hype behind him that I, I think just raw talent's going to get him on the field early. Okay, so who else you got? Are we at five yet for you? We are at five, and number one. I mean, again, I could have named like every linebacker in this class if I wanted to. Jalen Smith. Um, Jeremiah Tellender, but the high, most highly rated one is Arian Carter out of Smyrna, Tennessee, I think was a huge recruiting get for Heupel. That was crucial. Look, yes, Tennessee added BYU transfer Keenan Peely, but they lost Jeremy Banks and they lost Jawan Mitchell to the transfer portal. And Solon Page, who was fourth in the rotation last year, has graduated. So Aaron Beasley is the only rotational player that's back. They need a lot of help at linebacker. I think Arian Carter, you might see starting next year. I, I really do. I think he, I think he might win the job day one, one of the linebacker jobs. Um, could, could be the case. Certainly could be the case. I, I don't really have much of an argument. I don't have any of an argument with any of those guys. If, if I were to choose, um, yeah, I, I like what you said about uh, David Hobbs, and I would take him over the other defensive lineman to have an impact because his size is already kind of there. Um, he's at 277. I think he, he, he has to decide, and Tennessee has to decide if he's going to bulk up and be that strong side defensive end or defensive tackle or if he's going to try to grow into a pass rusher, but I think he's a great athlete. So, your five were Nico, Matthews, Hobbs, and who else? Nico, Matthews, Hobbs, Carter, and Umarov. Okay, Carter and Umarov. So 
I guess I would have a little bit higher up there than than you. I would have Ethan Davis, and that may sound crazy because he's a tight end. It's the deepest Tennessee's tight end group has been in quite some time. They got a lot of players there, but they do uh, lose Princeton Fant, and I know they have. Um, I, I know they have the young man who uh, transferred in, McCallan Castles, and he can be a factor, but. I just think they're going to want to see Ethan Davis because of his athletic ability do something and get an idea of exactly what he is. So I think that he'll be a factor in some shape, form, or fashion, even if it's just looking forward to next year. So I got no if, – if I made my top five, I would have uh, Nico in the top three because I think he is going to be a factor. I would actually uh, go Jordan – uh, Matthews, uh, number one. I think he'll find a way to play in some shape, form, or fashion in that secondary, and the rest pretty much uh, fall in line with yours. So, um, yeah, good list, and you can uh, check that out on offthehooksports.com. We'll have coverage of Tennessee basketball and more over the weekend. Gambling tips with Caleb will make you money. It's brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. City Heating and Air Conditioning Integrity Matters over 50 years in the Knoxville area, and they are phenomenal. They'll get your HVAC unit working correctly, and you won't have to worry about getting overcharged or uh, getting the wrong remedy for your HVAC situation like some of the other folks do out there. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. This has been a production of Off Those It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.